And welcome to Nerd vs. World, episode 57, the Star Nerds Holiday Special. <laughs> I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And on today's show, you'll be listening to us through our excited voices as we prepare for The Force Awakens. The tension is almost palpatine. Pal- palpable. <laughs> um, and we will be discussing the recent uh, space of trailer releases for mm. some of next year's genre movie releases. Yep. And probably going through some of the uh, episode, well, season finale, mid-season finale mid-season stuff. Finale, yeah. And then a look back at the the final episode of Doctor Who from this season. Mm. Cool. Cool. So what are we kicking off with then, sir? Retrospective let's, or looking forwards? Well, let's look forwards with the trailers then. Okie dokie. First up, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Yes. Well, I, I, Can I just say, called it. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. You totally called it yeah. on the whole Doomsday thing. Um, and you may have seen my tweet yesterday, uh, last week, about how I think the eventual title might pan out to be to include Final Crisis, Death of Superman, and Darkseed. Yeah. I watched the trailer again today in preparation for the show. There's a scene that about two minutes in, it's blink and you miss it, where it looks like Batman's in the desert, fighting troops with a Superman emblem on his shoulder mm-hmm. and what looked like parademons carrying people off. Okay. So I may have been more right than I thought because parademons are, you know, the agents of Darkseid. Yeah. So yay. Yeah, well, yeah. And then, of course, there was the announcement this week from Warners that said, Sorry about the Doomsday reveal, but don't worry, folks. You know, that's not the big bad for this movie. <laughs> um, and it's just like, really, guys? Really? Is yeah. Darkseid going to be your final reveal? Because all you're going to get at this point is people making Darkseid versus Thanos comparisons yeah. and being like, you are so desperately trying to emulate the Marvel Universe. You've even brought out like the DC version of the big bad from the Marvel yeah. side. It's just it's um, it's a little bit weird that they pursue this quite so much, but it definitely looks like that's the way they're going. Mm. But anyway, back to the trailer. So yeah, I uh, I don't I don't know whether it's the same trailer. Was it the one that you saw with um, uh, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne at the party and getting introduced to Lex Luthor and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Because I kind of like that that sort of dynamic. Looks like it's going to be quite interesting. The kind of Lex stirring it between not only. You know, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, but also stirring it with Superman and Batman. Yeah, and you've got to ask yourself, we don't know what context that's been shown in in the trailer, but is there a point in the movie where all three of them have worked out Mm. who the other three, who who they really are? Mm. Um, Well, I'm guessing so, because there's, again, another brief blink and you miss it bit of, of someone pulling off Batman's hood. It's Superman. Is it? Right, okay, I wasn't sure. Superman... um, Pulls the hood off. It kind of looked like it was, but it was the way it was cut. It could have been. Oh, it could have been. But yeah, no, I think it is Superman pulling it off. Right. And that's again where it's the scene where he drops down. When Superman drops down to that little bunker. Yeah. With the guards, with the Superman, mm. and on their shoulders. Yes, and they all bow down before yeah. him, which is a bit weird. 
Yeah, some of the dialogue and the interplay between the two seems pretty interesting. Um, I'm not a fan of the hokey Lex Luthor with a, you know, ooh, what a grip. You know, we don't want to pick a fight with this guy. No. Sort of. I quite like it. <laughs> no, I, it needs to pick a tone. I think this movie's going to struggle with the amount of things they're throwing at it. Mm-hmm. Because they're just chucking character after character after character at this movie now yeah. and hoping that somehow um, people won't notice that actually the storyline running through it is probably going to be paper thin. Yeah. And I think with all that much chaos, they need to pick a tone. Mm. Is it going to be super grimdark? Is it going to be Miller-esque? Or is it going to be Golden Age? Mm. I'm not sure. Um, I think a curious thing at the end of the trailer with the whole Wonder Woman reveal that might get people talking a little more is Batman using guns Mm. yeah because he has a no gun rule admittedly he's broken that no gun policy a number of times (laughs) (laughs) but this seems to be very much uh, a Batman that will bend even his own rules Mm. I guess it's you. We've yet to understand the context of of his beef with Superman. We've kind of got well, most we, of it. We, I think. Well, we've kind of got it. I think his beef with Superman is he lost someone. Mm. It's just a case of who. Yeah. When Superman and Zod destroyed um, the city. Yeah. But yeah, who we don't know. But that's definitely the core. Mm. But yeah. I don't know. For some reason, it sold me less than the first trailer did. Really, I, I, I think this one's hooked me a bit more, just because it looks like there's a, a lot more character, kind of character work in play than I thought there was going to be. I thought it was going to be like very cursory on the character development and all about the explosions. Yeah, maybe, but just the, the scene in the first one when Superman rips the doors off the Batmobile and the Batman just stands up and looks him in the eye, mm. that was where I was just like, yeah, okay. I'm kind of interested in seeing this now. Mm. Um, and then there's the Joker reference in the trailer as well. Yeah. The Joker painting stuff on, on Batman's armour in the Batcave by the look of it. Yeah. So that'll be uh, interesting how that one plays out. Oh, God. They'll probably reveal at some point that he's going to have a cameo in this movie as well. well I think I think, he, I think he will. I think he'll be turning up in this as a prequel to uh, Suicide, Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's got to tie them together, so that seems to be the only way of doing it. Brilliant. Just throw it at the wall, see what sticks. (laughs) I'm sorry. The the more they drag this out, the more more they keep adding stuff to it, the less convinced I am that they know what they're doing. Mm. That's just my, my issue. And it's like, it's out in March. It's out in three months. Yeah. So, hopefully they've got a completed product. But I'm, I'm just, I'm not convinced. Um, but I haven't been for a while. No. Well, I don't think any of us have since the yeah. outset. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, well, I'm still open to being uh, being swayed. And I'll go and see it. I mean... Oh, yeah. Because if we're going to trash it, we have to at least watch it. So, mm. we'll watch it and then... And then knows? probably trash it. We'll probably trash but it. But we'll again. see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So, next... Uh, Independence Day. Independence Day. Because mm. if ever there was a film in dire need of a sequel, it was that one. Yeah. That, no, wait, no. No, it, it I, think it, I think it did. No, it doesn't. Independence Day, right, was a perfect movie in its own right. It does not need a fucking sequel. 
I, I think it really does. And I think, you know, it's a, about time for it. It's been, what, 20 years since the last one? It's been 20 years, yeah. I think it's a perfect time to have one. It just feels like a horrible, horrible cash-in and what was a great movie. Well, yeah, it totally is, but bring it on. More aliens, more massive ships, more Jeff Goldblum. What what more could you want? Some kind of reason? I mean... We always knew they'd be back. They couldn't well, that's just what, that's, win. That's, that's what the trailer says. Yeah, you know. and we did. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced it's needed. I just don't think this, the Independence Day needed a sequel. However, however, we've said, got one. <laughs> yeah. How, that being said, it's coming, regardless whether I want it to or not. And the trailer doesn't look too bad. Looks interesting. A, a bit confusing. There seems to be a lot of toing and froing to the moon involved, which I'm a bit sceptical about. Yeah. That's what you're sceptical about? Yeah. <laughs> All right, go on then. No, it's just like... <laughs> is it just the whole thing? Yeah, and just the size of the ships as well. It's like, we brought you out here to chase something which we think you might have missed at the start of the trailer, and there's this hulking, great, crashed ship in the arse end of nowhere. Like, that, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't spot that. But that's what kind of makes me doubt what's going on, because then you see Jeff Goldblum on the moon going, that's bigger than the last one. I think he's referring to the planet ships from the first film. I think that's a callback to the first movie, right. not to the first ship in the trailer. Okay. That's my thinking. Because Jeff Goldblum, um, by all accounts, has turned into some sort of Tony Stark, by all accounts. He's yep. now some sort of like weapons-trading entrepreneur. Well, what it looks like is that he's taken all the alien tech and worked out how it works oh, yeah, and, yeah. and integrated it into humanity's weapons and, and vehicles and so forth. Which kind of, you know, it makes sense for the man who defeated an alien invasion with a Mac. Yeah. Okay, so the moon thing sounding less stupid now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's also a very good website, thewarof1996.com has all the um, background information on what's happened in the last 20 years. Mm. Explains why Will Smith's character isn't there. Yes, I've seen that. He dead. He dead. <laughs> he dead. Yeah. But his son isn't. Yeah. And I think his son is very much... I think he's one of the fighter pilots. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not being played by his actual son. Yeah, it's, it's not Jaden Smith Thank this time. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was once, I read a comment on someone's website saying, Thank God he's not in it because his son would have had to have been in it as well. I think it was on the on the Facebook page for Nervous Is it World, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, I was like, yep, <laughs> you're totally right. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, they're coming back and they're being fought off by an Earth army that's been using alien tech for 20 years. That, at least, is interesting. The fact that it seems to be taking place on a an alternate timeline. Mm. So that's kind of intriguing. Like, yeah, it kind of has to continue. There's no way that you could kind of retrofit that to being normal. Yeah, which again, I think is also an interesting thing in its own right, because so often we have these disaster movies, and then in the sequels, it's like nothing has actually changed mm. in society at all. Because, so, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm very interested to see how the world is... 20 years on from that because they levelled most of the major cities. Yep. And New York got absolutely levelled. Yeah, and there's still allegory there as well. 
even even now is the yep. whole sort of stockpiling of weapons and preparation for a war that was actually over 20 years ago. Yep. So, yeah. It'll be interesting. It doesn't get the July 4th release date, though. No? No, not in the States. It's lost out to the BFG. Of course. Which also premiered its trailer this week as well. I, I can't say I've seen that. I knew it was coming. I knew It's just a tease, I think, really. Right. It's literally just the... Oh, what's the girl's name? I can't remember the, the character's name. But it's her basically in the orphanage and she's out of bed when she shouldn't be and she looks out the window and she sees the first giant. Right. But yeah, it's very short. Bring on the snarscumbers. That's what yeah. I say. Whiz bang. Whiz bang all the way. <laughs> okay, cool. So you're, you're sceptical about Independence Day. Yeah. I'm quite looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, but sceptical. It's not like um, Batman vs Superman where I'm sceptical and... In the extreme. In, yeah, and, and not really looking forward to it. It's like I have to watch out to some sort of, you know, professional credibility. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that. Um, so then next up, uh, X-Men. X-Men Apocalypse. X-Men Apocalypse. Mm. I'm very happy to see that uh, they've... The previous releases for Apocalypse, where he was the big purple monster, were clearly just that. And that in the, the trailer, mm. he looks to be a little closer to um, his traditional comic iteration. Yeah. That being said, that has changed a number of times over the years. So, mm. you know, it, there's, there's, there's scope for them to interpret it differently. But the colour scheme looks about right. Yeah. It's interesting that they've chosen to go with the first class universe, I think, rather than... The kind of rebooted X Men universe. I always assumed it would be the first class universe. Really, I, yeah. I I kind of thought because they went to all the trouble of of rejigging it all that they'd carry on with kind of Famke Janssen and everyone. I think that was just to say to the fans, we appreciate that Last Stand was shit. We're just going to undo the Last Stand. Right. Okay. So that that was just a bit of fan courtesy yeah. there. <laughs> a bit of a thank you. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know. Look, it's all better now. It's all better. <laughs> Does it's not canon? Doesn't exist anymore. Um, but yeah, it looks interesting. There's still no real indication of what the overall plot's going to be. No, no, but it uh, it certainly looks like we're getting the transition uh, into the kind of the Professor X that we all know and love in yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, he gets his haircut. Mm. And looks like Magneto is kind of on Team Apocalypse by the look of it. Yeah. Uh, Magneto, Psylocke, uh, Storm, and Archangel. Mm. We don't see very much of Psylocke in the in the trailer. No, there's a bit at the end where three of the four horsemen are shown in like individual clips. Yeah. Uh, Psylocke isn't one of them, which was a bit unusual. I'm not sure why. She's like I think she has one one brief moment in the entire trailer where she appears. Mm. Which kind of sucks. And there's a whole host of other ones. It looks like Jubilee's in there. Jubilee's and, there. Yeah. Um, I think Moira. Yes. Yeah. Moira's there. Um, it looks like that's Havoc that's with him, with her. Yes. Yes. Havoc. Yeah. He, he's back. Um, and Beast's there. And um, who else did I see in there? Quicksilver. Yeah. Quicksilver's there. And we got Cyclops. Cyclops. Yep. Yeah. And to have, the young Jean Grey. Yeah. We have two. He has, seems to have two beams as well. Hmm. Rather than one optic beam, which is interesting. And yeah, uh, Sophie Turner 
Sansa Stark is indeed Sansa Stark as Jean Grey. Be interesting to see how that one's played out. Good casting, do you think? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah, definitely. From what I've seen of her in the trailer, yeah, she looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see yeah. how it plays out. Yeah. So I guess yeah, uh, that's one I'm I'm really quite looking forward to. It'd be interesting. I've looked forward to every X Men film that's come out, mm. and I've generally been okay with them apart from Last Stand. Mm. Um, I like Days of Future Past. I loved it. That was fantastic. I thought that was fine. Yeah, um, it was great it was film. Very different to the comic in places, but I think I think at some point you just have to get over it. Mm. Nothing's going to be exactly like the comics anymore. Um, yeah. So yeah, it should be an interesting one. Looks like a kind of a big kind of world-altering plotline. This one about being able to control all mutants and stuff. So. It's, yeah, I like the fact they've gone so far as to say that like Apocalypse is God hmm. as well. Yes, oh, well, all gods. <laughs> I think yeah. he refers to himself as pretty much every named god in the trailer. Yeah, which was yeah, very interesting. Hmm. I was going to say this brings us lastly to um, Star Trek Beyond, but there was one other trailer released, and I hate to say it, but it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows. That was released recently too. It almost made me want to see it. I think purely... <laughs> don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Stephen Amell as Casey Jones and it's got Bebop and Rocksteady. And the trailer made it look vaguely watchable. Still Michael Bay, right? Producing or directing? Okay, who's directing? Okay. Can't remember for the life of me. All right. I am dubious, sir. It might be one that I just get on DVD. I can't see myself spending money at the cinema for it unless there's nothing else on. Um, but I watched the trailer and I was like, I don't hate Stephen Amell. He usually brings it in whatever he does. Like, even at SummerSlam this year when he was. Mm bringing the celebrity to WWE. He's like the first celebrity who's legitimately held their own in a WWE ring mm. in quite a while. You know, it just seems like whatever he chooses to do, he throws himself into it fully. Yes. Like, if anyone's going to be Casey Jones, it's going to be him. Um, so I kind of wanted to be good for his sake. Okay, well, I, I've, I've still never seen a good adaptation of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The first ever. movie, the first movie, the very first one, that was good. Vanilla Ice soundtrack aside, that movie was okay. I still had issues with it. I mean, is this one of the style tinted glasses, do you think? Maybe. Okay, well, I will take the bullet for the team. I will watch this movie when it comes out. God, d- damn right, I'm, no, you won't get me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. Fair enough. Okay, and that then, lastly, brings us to Star Trek Beyond. Mm. Which looks really good. Yeah. Mm. My initial thoughts on that were I liked it. Mm. There was aliens, there was foreign planets. I like the setup. Looks yeah. like Enterprise gets the shit kicked out of it and mm. gets crashed. So it's still skating a little bit close to the original tr- series mm. of films insofar as, you know, the original Enterprise was a bit trashed in Search for Spark. Yep. I'll have the Klingons blew it up. So, yeah. But it's coming in for quite a lot of hate. Really? I can't understand it. 
Like, even, like, Will Wheaton was like, saw a trailer for a film today for a generic action sci-fi, but they also do wearing Starfleet uniforms. It's just like, ooh. I think it's because of the director. Well, the director's... The, the Fast and Furious. Yeah, Fast and the Furious, director. Yeah. I'm like, why is that an issue? He clearly knows how to pace an action film, because Furious 6 was huge. Mm. Not my cup of tea. No, not mine either, but... But, undeniably, a good film within its own genre. And, you know, for this trailer, you might want to watch the film, I had to do something special, because I was off Star Trek entirely after Into Darkness. Mm -hmm. Into Darkness is an awful, awful movie. It's terrible. I thought most of it was okay. It was the last maybe 10 minutes, I think, that got me. That got me, but it made me reevaluate the entire movie from that point backwards. Mm. And just when you think, right, we're in this place where they've made they've made space travel meaningless by allowing you to teleport across the galaxy to different planets, which was bullshit. And then the fact that they weighed the whole thing down with more post nine eleven allegory set on Earth with terrorism subplot lines was just bullshit. Again, um, the big action set piece when they're doing the dive between the two ships mm. is more or less the drill sequence from the first film but tipped on its side, yeah. and with the CGI background changed. Yeah. Which is just fucking lazy bullshit. Uh, there was no sense of exploration, there was no sense of mystery, there was no sense of hope. Nothing. None of the Star Trek ethos seemed to be there. It was depressing, it was dark, and it was just horrible. And then, they did the whole twist of the end of Wrath of Khan. And the reason Wrath of Khan and ending is so iconic is because for the first time, like in his entire Starfleet career, Kirk finally encounters consequences for his actions when Spock dies. Mm. To twist that and then have Kirk brought back to life with magic blood <laughs> yeah. was just <laughs> sorry, bullshit. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> absolute no. bullshit. It, uh, yeah, I was pretty pissed <laughs> at that movie, <laughs> and everyone keeps saying to me, like, I get film students here talking about Star Trek and how great it is and they go about the second film it's just like no it's not great it's shit why for these reasons and I tell them they go oh yeah yeah never thought of that before I mean, it's a terrible film uh, so influencing the minds of generations to come <laughs> yeah so like when when they were making a, said they were making a third one I was just like well I, I couldn't give less of a shit and then I saw the trailer and I was like okay I'm kind of on board now because they've got the alien planets mm. they've got action they've got stuff going on it doesn't seem to be focused on earth um they they got they got adversity i mean it's like they've been crashed and marooned on this planet i mean there's a scene where scotty is getting out of his escape pod just in time that's the bit that looks a bit cheesy to me i thought that one looked a bit cheese yeah yeah the jumping out and grabbing hold of the cliff face that that was kind of a bit much for me fair enough but i think the the inference from that is that they have crashed. Mm. So it's going to be them and a new species, well, a couple of new species, or maybe returning ones. We don't know if these reptiles mm. are maybe gone. We don't know. Um, but it just looks like an adventure. It doesn't look like it's too dark. I mean, even the, the colour grading from the trailer, the colours are bright. It does look a lot brighter. Yeah. You know, it looks brighter, and like, 
there are obviously a lot of action pieces going on, and I think Justin Lim from Fast and Furious is probably the director to handle those action set pieces. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful, which is something I never thought I'd say again mm. after Into Darkness. Fair enough. We just need some we need some plot details to be released now. Yeah. We need to know what the fuck's going on. Mm. Why is the why is the frontier pushing back? What what is the whole beyond about? Is it going beyond the final frontier? Maybe. I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. I'm gonna put my little soapbox away for a second. <laughs> I'm a star, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm a massive Star Trek fan. Yeah, but that's the problem is, it, is that you are a massive Star Trek fan, and and that film took it and literally shat on it, yeah, time and time again. So that's why I get so heated about my dismissal of the second movie. Yeah, but yeah, no, totally get it, sir. Thanks for bearing with me there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Mid-season or Doctor Who? Uh, we'll go with the, with the mid-season finales. So there's a couple worth talking about. I mean, a lot of shows have gone on break now for the winter season. We're going to see uh, Agent Carter coming back in January mm-hmm. to fill in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. break, which I guess is as good a place as any to start. Absolutely. So, yes, back to the alien planet again. Yeah. So just the general catch-up of the season so far, then, is... Um, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. team have been slowly introducing Inhumans into the number. Uh, the process has been slowed down considerably by the fact that the psychologist who was meant to clear them for duty turned out to be an Inhuman killing Inhuman in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the big reveal that Act 2, the guys they thought they were competing against, were being manipulated by Hydra and Gideon Malik from the World Security Council, mm-hmm. as seen in Avengers... Uh, and during this time there was a wonderful episode called oh I forgot what it's called now um, but it was a Simmons episode where she was set abandoned on an alien planet um, it's where she was taken after the end of season 2 when the, the monolith mm-hmm. enveloped her it turns out that on that planet there is the original Hydra monster the whole thing that Hydra is built around a bit of a philosophy shift in what Hydra are I just, suppose yeah, a just tad a but you know kind of interesting and they send a team to try and bring it back now that they know that you can bring people back through the portal um, and the team is Ward and Fitz yeah Ward, Fitz and a bunch of bunch of expendables yeah. um, and then a free jump in Agent Coulson Yes. Who ties in right at the end. And then the finale is all about them, well, about Coulson trying to stop them bringing the monster back who has inhabited the body of Will, uh, the original astronaut that Gemma fell in love with when she was stranded there. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of interesting things for me. Well, I just want to see how it plays out after the break, but... Colson straight up murdered Ward. He did. Straight up. Mm-hmm. And not in a gunshot to the head, nice and quick kind of way. Nope. It was robotic hand just slowly crushing, crushing the life out of him. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a character development. It's pretty dark. And what's even <laughs> darker is the fact that Fitz 
just sat there and watched him. I mean, Ward has been an utter cunt. Not gonna lie. Um, but he's also been one of the characters that's made that show watchable. So I think they might have made a bit of a mistake. I mean, obviously he's not... He's not dead, dead. Well, no he's dead. dead. Ward is he's, Ward, Ward is, is dead. But like this monster, this original evil, has escaped the planet using him as a vessel, using a Ward meat suit. Yeah. So for me, what it looks like is we're going to spend the next half of the season, um, with Fitz and Coulson trying to work out what's going on, Gemma trying to deal with the fact that this astronaut chap is dead, and then like. Her turmoil, her turmoil over that, and Fitz's turmoil over watching Coulson degenerate and murder someone. That's just going to be the thing that keeps those two from ever reaching the finale of their own character arc for yet another season. Mm. I don't think they're going to get together anytime soon. I, I don't think so. No, I think after all of that, that's going to yeah throw. It's a, definitely a spanner in the works yeah. there. But uh, see, I, I I actually don't think that Fitz is going to have any problem with what Coulson's done at all because I think Fitz would have done exactly the same thing because he's been pushed to that edge with Ward and I think both of those characters are the ones that would just have flat out murdered him I think probably uh, what's his face would have as well the uh, Mac the British guy oh no yeah 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 him um, Hunter Hunter yeah I think he would have done it yeah. no problems as well so, uh, but I think I'd have expected that from him hmm. I think it's the fact that it was Coulson but I think after, after Ward had killed hmm. Uh, the 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 director of the oh, I can't even remember her name. Fact, yeah, but like Coulson's after killing her, that's that that was Coulson gone. Yeah, but Coulson's hero is Steve Rogers. Like, don't forget, like the the person that Coulson admires the most and looks up to the most is Steve Rogers. Would Captain America ever have done that? No, Captain America would not have flat out murdered someone. No. So I, I, that's why I'm starting to get. A little bit sus with where the characters characters are going. Mm. Um, I think also, whilst the season so far has generally been pretty good, and it's been nice to see uh, more Inhumans develop and seeing them part of the team and use their use their powers. I mean, the way um, the one guy who controls metal, or can liquefy metal, whether yeah. he stops the bullets, was particularly good. I thought. But I'm still not clear as to where the season's going. Mm. Well, it looks like it's building to a big fight between the Inhumans and this evil. And I think it looks like most of S.H.I.E.L.D. are just going to be bystanders in it. Yeah, so how's that going to tie in with Civil War? Because we, we were all thinking that like this was seeding Civil War. Yeah. And like after the Civil War trailer we spoke about it last time, it looks like it's a, a search for Bucky, and Bucky's what splits the Cap and, and mm. Iron Man. So... Yeah, I'm. Like last season, we had the development of the Inhuman storyline and the family involvement, uh, and there were a couple of twists along the way. We thought like we had the big bad in um, the Hydra head. Then it turned out to actually not be him because he was dealt with at the mid-season finale when he was just shot by Coulson. Mm. Again, Coulson just straight up killing someone. That I can accept though, but like crushing him. Not even strangling, but literally just pressing on his chest until he just crushed him to death. Mm. It's too dark. I was just like, fuck, Phil. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's proper dark stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, I can't see where it's going. 
I couldn't last time really either. And it surprised me and amazed me. But I guess so, that's the thing is that's that thing. yeah, it, it is surprising us at the moment. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing that we can't see where it's going. Because yeah. if the show became too predictable, we'd get bored. True. But like, I think it, it suffered a bit in its first season. Um, because its its hands felt tied in the writing department. Because they couldn't do anything until Turn, Turn, Turn. And the Hydra reveal mm. in Winter Soldier. Um, I'm hoping this is more of a season two slow burn rather than a season one sort of like... Uh, stalling. Civil War is kind of stalling what mm. they can do with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how that plays out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, we get Agent Carter back. Indeed. And that well, was second season awesome of Agent Carter. Time. Looking forward to that. Cool. Uh, I think the other mid-season finale worth talking about is Arrow. Because mm. it seems to be going the way we thought it would at the start of the season. But we're starting to doubt whether the writers actually have the balls. Uh, I, I really don't think they do. I don't think they have the balls to carry off actually killing Felicity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't see it. I just it, it, It's too dark a turn for the show. Because the show, it, it started getting a bit of humour back in this season. And it started lightening up Oliver's character a bit. I don't know whether that's a double bluff or whatever, and he's just going to go you know, up to the off now. It, it, it did the Walking Dead trick of, you know, it started giving her a lot more lines in mm. that episode. There's a lot more character development. You know, there's the the key relationships in her life with her mother were sort of brought back up again in the episode, mm. like because her mother turned up. You know, the her future dreams start to be realised with the whole, you know, discovery of the ring and the idea that. Oliver was going to propose to her, like all these sort of reasons for living, and then the extra dialogue and everything, and all that start coming together. You know, when Walking Dead does that to a character, that character is zombie bait. You know, yeah, but straight up dead. But not in this show. They're, they're not that harsh. Well, I can totally see it in something like Walking Dead, yeah. but in this, nobody ever dies and stays dead. <laughs> No, <laughs> they've had God knows how many op- opportunities to kill off like Malcolm Merlin, his sister, a whole bunch of. Uh, they said it at one point is uh, you know uh, everybody there has had to deal with somebody dying and coming back to life. True. Like, <laughs> yeah, even like Sarah Lance. Yeah, but there's no more Lazarus Pit. That's the thing. Lazarus Pit is gone now. Yeah, that's fine, but, you know... The, there must be other ways. There will be other ways. You know, Constantine's been bumming around, so there's, there's definitely other ways of bringing yeah. people back to life again. So, yeah, but the thing is... So we go back to the pilot episode for the season, as the other end of this mid-season sandwich, where the episode finishes with a six-month flash-forward to mm-hmm. Oliver Queen and Barry Allen at a graveside. Yep. We don't see whose grave it is. So... I'm kind of with you. I don't necessarily think they have the balls. But it would be the biggest shock in CW sort of... It would do, yeah, because that... that network to actually go ahead and do it and make her the person on the grave. I think it's... I don't even know. I don't even want to comment. It's not afraid of being wrong, but like it could be anything. And if you keep saying what it could be, and like one of them's going to be right, then you know, there's no point discussing it <laughs> yeah, it could be anything yeah well done folks well, of course it could be anything yeah. but yeah I don't know it's definitely a hell of a cliffhanger though it is yeah it's not a nice one no 
And I, it's like I think he, I immediately went onto Twitter and like, no, no, <laughs> sent no, it to no, the no. naughty step. It's yeah. like no bad arrow, no yeah. biscuit. <laughs> but they were teasing it all the way through the episode. Yeah. Um, and then you just think she's got away with it, and then no. And Damien Dark is evil as fuck. Mm. Pure evil, that guy. Oh, I suppose spoilers, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a bit late for that, I think. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> cool. Any other season finales worth talking about? I'm Not to think. really. I mean, there was. I mean, it wasn't even in the episode of Walking Dead, but the in the sort of the bit after the episode, there yeah, was like the, a minute section to the saviors blocking the, the road and um, saying that everything belongs to Negan. Um, that episode wasn't great. No, it wasn't, you know, and after the whole Glenn hiding in the dumpster thing, he was barely in that next episode. Yeah, yeah so no, yeah. We'll see where that comes comes back. Yeah, trying to think of other ones. Limitless was quite good, as I recall. It was a good season, a good mid-season finale on Limitless. Which one was that? Been enjoying that. What happened in the episode? Uh, I'm trying, because he's been... Oh, was that the one where he... Where he wants his headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. That that show's just been funny. Yeah, it has, and it's gotten funnier, and yeah. I love it. <laughs> cool. Can't remember how Blindspot finished off. I stopped watching that. I've quite enjoyed Blindspot. Yeah, I, I just gave up on it after a while. Mm. This is one of those things with just too much to talk about. Yeah. But one that is coming back soon, and I'm massively excited about, is The End of Person of Interest. Yes, because it's getting the short. It's getting a short, short season, season to finish it off. Just and just to get the syndication, I think we'll mm-hmm. get to hundred episodes. Yeah, make it over hundred. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's cool. This is season five, so yeah, yeah. we'll do Be like episode eight or something. We'll take it over the hundred. Cool, which is what it needs. Yeah, that's why Fringe got the short last season. Yeah. just to get the syndication rights. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very much looking forward to Person of Interest coming back and seeing how they finish that one off because that's been a great show since yeah. it started. Yeah, yeah, it's been, I can remember seeing it on Netflix so many times and then it's like passing it by and then you saying you should check it out mm. and I watched the entire first season in like a couple of days yeah yeah, it's awesome I might go back and watch that again actually have another binge watch session of that do so do so and of course the other one was Doctor Who yeah like, I'm not going to lie I was underwhelmed yeah, because we, we haven't we haven't talked about this not at all, since, not since, since we've seen well, we it. Well, so. we haven't seen each other since that no. finished. Yeah, I was a bit underwhelmed, um, and I'm massively disappointed in Stephen Moffat for not sticking by his guns and killing Clara. This whole living on a final heartbeat thing is like, her death had meaning, her death was poignant, her death was well handled, she was brave... She was a character who has been mistreated horribly over the three seasons she's been in the show. Um, but this season, she found some identity in her own right, rather than just being a prize for Danny Pink and the Doctor to argue over, like in the last season. And then, to give her all that agency and development, and then just to have her now swanning off on her last heartbeat with a shielder in a diner, is just ridiculous. And it doesn't even help that, like, they did all the heartbreaking stuff again. When mm-hmm. the Doctor goes back in time, pulls her off the street into the new TARDIS, and it's just like, that's great. 
that's how you want to try and do this if the doctor is struggling to to cope with the grief and that's how he's trying to cope with it and you get her and him having this discussion which nobody would ever have and exploring those sort of ideas of speaking to someone who's dead but doesn't know they're dead mm. the aspect of grief that would have been great and the drama side of Doctor Who kind of needed that but then to not give it any resolution just felt cheap and it felt like I I can remember watching the episode where she died and thinking I'm gutted she's gone but I'm glad it was handled like this mm. uh, and then when he, when she came back in the next episode it's like Inside his inside his Sherlock esque mind palace, yeah, it's like well that's fair enough, you know that's that's, that's fine. understandable. Yeah. But now she's back as a character in her own right, and another immortal in a TARDIS. It's mm. just like it just stank a little bit like someone's got an idea for a really cool toy set, yeah, set in a TARDIS that's a diner with a shielder and Clara, and they needed to sell it, and that's how they could sell it. Uh, it just. I don't know. It was the one thing that bugged me. And I almost rage flipped my laptop when they're having, when a shielder and the doctor are having a discussion, like right at the end of time in the ruins of Gallifrey, which was just, I'm sorry, the shittiest way to get around that prophecy. Yeah. And uh, without even explaining it, because yeah. they explained all the different theories that people had come up with and didn't say whether any of them were correct. And when when she was when she started intimating that the Doctor was half-human in a hybrid herself, mm. like the fucking movie did, that was I was like, don't do it. Don't say yes to this. Don't come out and say it. Just move, move on. Because mm. I, I was close to turning off at that point. But yeah, the whole... It was a Stephen Moffat ending... Like, the season so far has, well, we've said it's been exceptional in terms of its quality of its writing and its acting, its performances and, and everything. It's been great. Uh, and this whole idea of the hybrid standing in the ruins of Gallifrey was an interesting thing that needed more exploration and it needed a better resolution than it got. Because literally having them standing in the ruins of Gallifrey because they were, like, at the very end of time, there was no more Gallifrey was just a cop-out. Mm. Just an utter cop-out. Um, so that irked me somewhat. Um, but I still think it was a good episode. I just It just wasn't on a par with the rest no, of the season. And, and also, it, it wasn't on a par with the previous episode. No, I no, mean, it really wasn't. That one was outstanding. Four times I've seen that one now, and every time I spot something new. Mm. Um, yeah. It wasn't a satisfying conclusion to finding Gallifrey again. Exactly. Yeah, no. And I think there was a lot of things that just felt like they were thrown in for for, for no other reason than than because they could. And that was the whole, uh, you know, the the one guy regenerating into and changing race and sex at the same time. And it's just like it, that kind of felt like a see, it can happen. Yeah. And there was no other reason for it. Yeah. So I think there was there were a lot of offhand things about that episode that I really didn't like. It was a lot of, I know, let's establish canon because we can. And that felt a bit crappy. Yeah. But as you said, the episode itself was, was good. And the performances were also good. But I just, I, I had issues with a lot of the things they did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um which is a shame. 
It is. We praise the season quite heavily. Yeah. This this time around. It it does it 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 does feel like they they've just done a lot of unnecessary things in that last episode that didn't need to happen. Yeah, and like, why was why was that diner even there? I mean, Clara doesn't know about that diner. That was Amy and yeah, it was Amy Rory. and Rory and and River. Yeah, so like. That made no sense either. No. It felt like there was some fan service stuff put in there yeah. without really thinking it through in terms of like the internal logic of Doctor Who. Mm. Still. It's done and it'll be missed. Yep. It'll be well, back next year. And it'll be back two well, weeks' time. <laughs> well, yeah, a week. Yeah, a week's time. The Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. With a river song who doesn't seem to recognise the Doctor. Well, she won't. In the rec- trailer, she doesn't recognize. Yeah, she won't recognize this incarnation because it's the first time she's met this incarnation. Uh, oh God! Oh, so she's gonna get all wibbly wobbly. Yes, because oh, I believe oh, in her time stream, she's straight after um, the Daleks in Manhattan, not Daleks in Manhattan, the Angels in Manhattan. Yeah, I believe that's where her time stream is. So she's just seen the ponds exit. I can literally feel my brain knotting. <laughs> like, trying to work out. Uh, love her as a character, but this time bullshit drives me crazy. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see. But yes, it is definitely the first time she's seen Capaldi as, yes. as the Doctor. Uh, that was one thing that was missing from the finale. There's a reference to her, but Missy didn't turn up. No, she didn't, no. I was quite surprised. I thought she'd be there. I thought she was the one pulling the strings. Mm. And obviously, it's alluded that she that she is because yeah. uh, Shielder mentions her. Well, yeah, but I mean, even that feels like why it's the whole answering of of who put Clara in touch with the Doctor, and it was Missy. And it's this massive, long, convoluted plotline of of Missy did this to mess with the Doctor's head. And it's like. It's genius if she'd been able to see it, but I just I, I cannot rationalise in my head why yeah. <laughs> or, or what Missy was would try to accomplish by doing this. No, and it just made no sense. Yes, it's answered a question, but it hasn't. Is it answered why and 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 who she was, but it hasn't said what the point was. Yeah. No. Oh well. All in all, then. Good, but unsatisfying. Yeah, yeah. Just, just that one. I think the season as a whole, uh, and I, I echo the sentiments of a lot of other people that that this has been one of the best seasons of of the new Who so far, easily. But just a, a bum note at the end, I think. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Well, I think that's about it for this episode. I think yeah. Well, we yeah we've covered that, and I, I guess you know we, we'll. Uh, Undoubtedly, you'll see our reactions to the new Star Wars film yeah, probably yeah, before yeah. this goes out because yeah. both of us will have seen it before this episode actually goes to air. Um, and that's also it for for this year. Yeah. So have a very merry Christmas, folks, and a happy New Year's. Stay safe. Do so. And I just want to say thank you guys because this year has been the best episode, we, best episode, the best year we've had so far for the show. Yeah. Uh, looking back now, we, we've averaged over 10,000 downloads a month. So, God, thank you guys. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, 
we will see you all in the new year. We will indeed. With our recap of the best and worst of 2015. And trust me, I've been compiling this list for a while. This one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some utter shit on that list. It's Yeah, it's an interesting list. Um, <laughs> and then looking forward to what to expect in 2016. Yeah, because I think we're we're planning on us on a slight change of format, aren't we next year? Uh, I don't know. No. Okay. Well, the, 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 yeah. there may be changes. There may yeah. not be changes. <laughs> You'll just have to keep listening to find I'll, out. I'll have to wait and see. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for listening this year. Um, it's been a pleasure. And for now, I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And until next we meet in 2016, take care and be excellent to each other.